What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Give yourself a delicious escape from the afternoon with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. It's 2.42 a.m. in Miami, Florida, and you're listening to Night Call. Days and Lonely Nights. I'm Molly Lambert in Los Angeles, and with me is Tess Lynch, and over in New York, we have Emily Yoshida. Hi, guys. Hello. Got got a matcha latte. Back in my zone. (laughs) Awake, slightly more awake than last week. I greeted Tess by saying, like, I've had the perfect amount of coffee. (laughs) And she thought I was commenting on how much coffee she appeared to have had. Which is not the exact right (laughs) amount of coffee. (laughs) It's a real victory when you hit it, and then it's very easy to go over and under from there. Oh, I went over Uh, the line on milk tea again the other day. I like. When will you learn? (laughs) I waited back in. It's just, it's too delicious is the problem. I need something... like coffee that takes a little longer to drink. Although very specific gripe. It is. I know the straws, the straws debate. Mm-hmm. Um, the plastic straws are bad. I have to say that paper straws. Paper straws are <laughs> the worst foible. It's like they you want to drink just something slowly. how dumb people are. Like this is my Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where like some there's a mix up with a paper straw. But like I am a person who drinks a drink very slowly, and Me paper too. straws have ruined my ability to do that because you have to. You like, get five minutes. You're on a in paper a race straw. against the straw. 
I went out with my whole family, and it was like it was just so funny to see people struggling with their straws, with their paper straws. Like it's disintegrating in your mouth, and you're getting pulp, and it, like the liquid won't travel through. It's such a ridiculously stupid solution. It's like a pixie stick. They're, they're like they just don't work very well. No, they're, they're not very good as straws. Uh, turns out, but I think yeah. I might get a metal straw. Because of this, I have a reusable plastic mm. straw. I refuse to give up my straw. Yeah, that's a good I idea. I want to know about, about what are the logistics of the re- reusable straw? Do you carry it in your purse and it gets filled with like <laughs> lint and like bits of chapstick? Great question. And, I use it uh, at home, and then I have a to-go cup that it fits in. So when I'm going out, I put it uh, in the cup and then take it out. Yeah, and I did buy a way. reusable cup, but like a decent thermos. I'm mm-hmm. trying to use more. Night I hate drinking with my mouth regular without the accessory of a straw. I it love, seems love terrible a straw. to do. Love a straw. Night call straws. Night yes. call straw holders. Straws. What about bamboo, though? I'm serious. Is there I, is that just as bad as plastic somehow? Seems like it's probably more recyclable than plastic. I mean, yeah, I feel you like would. The bamboo think. grows faster. There's a more renewable resource. It's renewable, than regu- and doesn't yeah. it kind of? It grows like in the shape of a straw. It's already a straw. Hemp, y'all. Yeah, just hemp a hemp, it up. hemp straw. Hemp straw. Uh, sure that will work just out. a braided straw. Also, though, we should all raise ourselves. <laughs> if you say anything even remotely against the complete banning of straws, like if you're even dissing the paper straw, there's going to be someone who's very well. Upset. It's just a oh, re- listen. I'll 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 take the hit for us. I think it's ridiculous. It's, ridiculous. it's one of these things. It's 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 a it's a it's a trees for the forest type of thing. It's, yeah, it's uh, it's targeting one thing and being like, look, we solved this enormous I'm, problem, right? I'm drinking my matcha latte from Gregory's Coffee right now. I'm calling Gregory's Coffee out. They put it in two cups because I guess they were out of sleeves. So I've got double the paper mm. and then I've got a plastic lid on top of it. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Connecticut no, there's muffin so many, would never do this so many worse things. Connecticut muffin. <laughs> <laughs> Connecticut muffin would make you sit down and use a washable cup and say, <laughs> enjoy your tea. Hey folks, if you love true stories about extraordinary life experiences, we think you'll love the Risk podcast. Risk is the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. Stories too uncensored for public radio. On Risk, nothing's too intimate or too strange. Like the one about the guy who got kidnapped by the drug cartel, or the girl who discovered she was living with a cannibal, or the woman who learned the person she was sharing kinky fantasies with online was her dear old dad. You'll hear real people sharing about life experiences so funny, so scary, so mystifying, you won't believe your ears. Find it all at riskshow.com or just search on your podcast app for risk. That's R I S K exclamation point or risk hyphen show.com. We uh, are on a slow TV kick right now, I feel like. By slow TV, we mean we watch things. It takes us a year to watch Late TV. Late TV. That's what I mean by that. And then also like at your leisure. Yes. At your leisure. Yeah, late. Who's who's to say we're late? We're right on time for us. (laughs) We're on our schedule. Do you remember, does does everyone remember the NBC campaign? If you haven't seen it, it's new to you. Yes. (laughs) No, wait. (laughs) When is that from? The 90s when they ran. It's from summer. When they ran reruns. Summer reruns. reruns But that was the ad campaign was if you haven't seen it, it's new to you. 
you. <laughs> Something I think about all the time because it's true. Yes. It's also how all of my jokes are that I try on people before doing them on the podcast. <laughs> or if someone is my friend but doesn't listen wow. to my podcast, I'm like, hey, this joke. Yeah. I haven't heard this joke. Trade secrets. Um, we are all watching American Crime Story, the assassination of Gianni Versace, um, which was on FX last year, but is now on Netflix. So uh, those of us uh, slash all of us who don't have cable uh, can watch it at our leisure on Netflix. I don't know. I was a big fan of the first American Crime oh, Story, yes. The People yeah, vs. OJ. We all loved The People versus OJ. I think yeah. every episode of North Mollywood, my old podcast, was about The People versus OJ <laughs> or yeah. the ESPN six-part OJ documentary. Oh, yeah. There was, a, I mean, that it, it's funny because it, it, in some ways it feels like it would be redundant to have both things come out within a year, but they were so different. Like, they, they, they scratched different itches. Yeah. And I think it's really... It, it remains hard to make the argument for People versus OJ as a piece of entertainment that's not pure camp, because I think that that's kind of how it was announced, especially when they were just announcing who was playing who. It was like, oh, my God, like John Travolta is going to be playing Robert Shapiro, that kind of thing. Um, so the, I think some of that sort of overshadow and like the whole Kardashian stuff was a little winky in it, but also great. Again, I feel like that show was less camp than I expected because yeah, I was yeah. very afraid about it because I was like, wow, what an interesting thing to do a show about. But also like Ryan Murphy, not known for his nuanced takes on racism. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, but then he, has, he like, didn't write like, it. He... So yeah, yeah. it was pretty nuanced and good. Yeah. And again, I think it's like if something is camp, but you play it seriously enough, then it's like melodrama. And that's right. what this show right. that we're going to talk yes. about is all about. Well, I skipped it the first when it first came out. I have FX, but I didn't watch it because I felt and also I think I had I had seen The People versus OJ. But then in the assassination of Gianni Versace, American Crime Story is like its official title. Um, I think when the family was coming out and saying how like deeply hurtful it was, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I can like go for this. Because, again, like you think. It's going to be campy. This is based on Maureen Orth's book, Vulgar Favors, which I think the family had, like, denounced, the you know, when it came out and said it was based mm -hmm. on speculation and gossip. And, like, I just kind of imagined how it would feel if Wait, someone... whose family? Cunanan's or Versace's? Uh, pretty much. So it was Versace's family and Antonio D'Amico, um, pretty much everyone who was close to Versace. And then Andrew Cunanan's family also were obviously very upset by it. And I think... Um, Two of his siblings co-wrote a book that was like a more sympathetic version. I think I've heard and I'm not sure that this is verifiable, but someone in his family said that he was like framed by the FBI and that he was innocent. I think it may have actually been his father, Modesto. Mm -hmm. But that was all after I finished watching this and was like, I need more. <laughs> and there was a thread on Reddit about it where um, – it was like a distant family member of Andrew Kinnanen came on and was like answering questions about how the family felt about the series and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I went on the the Jezebel podcast, The Dirt Cast, mm -hmm. and talked about some of this true crime stuff about like where do you draw the line of like it being exploitative of actual humans? It is exploitative of uh, actual humans. Well, the question is, is the it, nice... can, it, can it stand on its own? I like, feel like the question yeah. is also like, does it have something to say besides yeah. right. just like some. And, 
gratuitous violence. Like the Ted Bundy one to me is just like too depressing. And mm-hmm. that's the one yeah, that's where no. I draw the line. I'm like, yeah. Are we just here to gawk at the murders? Right. Or are we here to actually like have some hindsight, have the ability to have the hindsight? And I think what Emily said, think about it. Yeah. What Emily said about the OJ show and other things is like what makes the OJ show or the OJ case in general interesting is that it's like not just about a murder it's about like a murder and it's about like systematic racism and policing right yeah. and the so, world the murder takes place yeah in. and the world and like this rich you know, yeah a bunch of different it's about los angeles obviously mm-hmm. also yeah. and so this murder the versace show is about also about class very intensely uh but it's also about homophobia and mm-hmm. policing and that is what makes it sort of more than just like uh, a lionization of a serial killer. Completely, yeah. yeah. I mean, I that was definitely like some of the more kind of redeeming moments. I loved it. I super loved it with no reservations. But, you know, I think the only reason that I could feel like it wasn't just exploitation was because it did have kind of like broader themes than you would get just from a sort of straight telling of it. Can I make a request right up top? Sure. I have not finished it. I think yeah, both no spoilers. Of you guys have. So I've gotten basically through the f- the second Finn Whitrock episode, the um, the one about Jeff Trail, who was um, Andrew Cunanan's first victim, I believe. I've been also like very hesitantly Googling, even though it feels so stupid because it's like on the, it's a matter of public record and it's all out there. But I'm like, I don't want to know what happens. So, like, no, I know. Or, you know. It's very but, suspenseful. And it's, yeah, it, we were saying like it's difficult to binge watch it as a show because it makes you feel kind of terrible yeah. and like full of oh, dread yeah. and anxiety. But the interesting thing is, as far as I can tell, is that I have now gotten through all the episodes with murders in them, which... I feel like is a very interesting dramatic structure for the show to top load it with the murders because of the nature of its going backwards in time structure. And so you get all that stuff first, but you still have a ton of questions about what happened and who this guy is and why this happened. So then that's what it that's the actual climax is like. That's funny you say that too, because I'm happen? like, oh, the top loading with murders is like psycho. Right. And he's yeah, yeah. he's giving such a like Anthony Perkins and psycho mm-hmm. energy where you're like, oh, this person's like a sociopath, but like for some reason they have this like you feel sad for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, totally. I mean, I think Darren Chris is doing a very good job in this. He's amazing, which is not what I expected. Everyone used to give him such a hard time when he was on Glee. Somebody said something really smart on my Twitter where they were just like, oh, it's like somebody saw the sort of like polished thing he was selling on Glee and was like, let's lean into how uncomfortable (laughs) that could possibly be. Which you could probably do for every single cast member on Glee, to be fair. You could cast any of them as Anyone with a theater energy. Um, yeah. There are some great performances in this show from the most random assortment of people like yeah. the OJ show Max where you're Greenfield. like Yeah, so Max good. Greenfield. Schmidt. Amazing. Schmidt fucking He's, steals the show. I have never say, seen him so, so against type and he was it was such a like lovely Took me forever to identify him. Too. No, if yeah. you don't know it's coming cuz like I didn't know who was in this show. Yeah, you're just like who is this amazing actor and then you're like holy shit it's Max, Max Greenfield. Greenfield. Yeah. Um he plays right. A meth head hustler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, safe, but he's um, they like make friends when 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 uh, Andrew's like holed up in this beachside motel before and after killing Versace. Um, Judith Light was so amazing as Marilyn Miglin. Yeah, and who knew? 
I mean, people knew. Marilyn Miglin is interesting if you've ever seen her on the Home Shopping Network. Um, is she, she still like, on it? She, I'm not sure if she still is, but she was for a while after. I had never heard of her, and that is a whole interesting plot. Yeah, I mean, it just made me find out that I knew nothing about this story, actually. Well, also her, so like Lee Miglin's estate, I think, like vehemently denies any kind of relationship that um, he may have had with Andrew Cunanan that was put forth in Orth's book. And so that's like another kind of family that's like, "Eh, not right without without. Spoiling anything, Mm -hmm. like what is interesting about this show is that it sort of deals with this like underworld of, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff that people don't want made public, uh, closeted people, and that he sort of took advantage of this by being like a, a hustler among people that he could then, you know, blackmail or... Right. Well, I was like, I I haven't watched it all the way to the end, but the feeling I'm getting from this first half of episodes, he's he's kind of like this boogeyman of gay shame in a way, like because he the position that he has and, and, you know, kind of moving in and out of people's lives and sort of especially closeted people like kind of uh, sort of taking advantage, but also like fulfilling a need and um, in a way kind of disrupts a lot of people's lives like it's kind of different for everybody and um i just think it's super interesting like in this one it is interesting because so far he's such a cipher cunanan is um but everybody else is kind of really fleshed out to the degree that they can be in one episode like the episode that where he passes through their life and you kind of see all these different shades of this guy kind of um yeah, being yeah, I, I, boogeyman is like the only word I could think of to like to to characterize. It's very it. talented, Mr. Ripley. Also, yeah, yeah. just generally, yeah. it's this idea. It's about class, also, and this idea of like people being feeling entitled to a certain lifestyle and then being just like well, ruthless sociopaths to get there. Yeah, well, there's something about him where he clear like a talented Mr. Ripley type character. He just like hates himself so much that like the only way he can accept himself is by like being having some kind of proximity to power or, you know, a higher economic class or something like that or like some level of security that other people have. I was watching and I was like, you know, in some ways, sociopaths are this kind of person. They're like a one person cult, the, like the way that they kind of prey on somebody else's insecurities. It, it felt very. Uh, yeah, it was really interesting. It, also, they featured religion in really interesting ways. And Emily, I don't know if you got this far, but um, there were there was like an altar in. Oh, yeah. In the, Lee Miglin's yeah, house. In Lee Miglin's yeah. house. That's super interesting. Also, we should maybe even talk about this again. But um the penultimate episode, I think, where they kind of go into Andrew's relationship with his dad, yeah, is is a really when you get up yeah, to that episode, yeah. got, I know everybody is like, just wait till you get to the dad episode. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, yeah. it's like it has all the strengths of the show, which is that it like in, it's basically an anthology show inside an anthology exactly. show. It's like each episode is a different episode in his life that tells you something about him, um, and usually brings some actor that you're like, wow. Who is that? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, also, I have to say that, like, I had never seen um, the woman who played his, like, former best friend, Lizzie, who, um, if you followed what, you know, if you followed the assassination, you may have seen her. She had, like, a televised plea for him to turn himself in that was right around when he committed suicide. On, or No, spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, I already saw it. Okay. I already <laughs> saw it on Wikipedia. <laughs> but she was so good. Sorry for laughing. <laughs> 
it's Anna Lee Ashford, and I'd never seen her before, yeah. but she's, she's like a Broadway person. She yeah, was really fantastic. Seen. But it's interesting because watching the whole thing, there's really only one person who was always like who was never wronged by him and who always was kind of loyal to him. And that's her. Mm. Um, and her, their whole relationship is explored in like bits and pieces. But she doesn't get her whole episode. And she knew him. I think Wikipedia said that, that they met in junior high and then were friends for a long time. Mm. That's different from how the movie or how the miniseries portrays it. But um I don't know. It was interesting to me because I was like, what's her deal that he never targeted her? And she seemed to have like no clue what was going on. Everyone else seemed kind of aware. Well, got to have yeah. one person in the cult with you. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he was the godfather to her kids. Yeah. Like, what? Oh, what a whoa. blind spot. Well, going back to the true crime thing, Molly, like the fact that we were all like spoilers, like, you know, for a, a real life event. Yeah, I feel like that's the one kind of tricky thing to do is just like no matter how smartly or kind of incisively are able to dramatize a real life tragedy or series of tragic events, you do like just by putting a plot on it, like suddenly it becomes a thing of like, like, yeah, spoilers or or it like it becomes a commodity for your for sure or anything that's way. like a real life story. I mean, talk about like the Oscars were right. last night and had yeah. a lot of those. Yeah. A lot of oh, like, God. oh, you guys want my hot take about real life stories. Real life stories are the franchise for people who think they don't like franchises. <laughs> real fucking I totally life. agree with that. <laughs> Things cannot get greenlit that are like pure fiction and are not a, um, a, a part of a franchise. Like, Can you just do the Fargo be... where you pretend it's based on real events? Yeah. Right, yeah. Although yeah. actually Fargo is based on a real incident where somebody puts somebody in a wood chipper. Really? Oh, just right. very loosely based? I found It's like the first episode of Forensic Files. It's like oh, some wow. famous... Midwestern, I think, mm. murder where somebody put their wife in a wood chipper. So he, he ah. used that as his cue for like the the Herald, uh, or yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. And it how was the Herald's same thing work. of like they saw they saw the blood in the snow, and that was how people figured it out. Oh wow! Um, also, I read that so Donatella Versace had. Um, Kind she, I think she kind of stood with the family and saying like this is bullshit, like this movie shouldn't be made, whatever. This this is bullshit. This is this is bullshit. This movie should. But then, my brother Gianni. Yeah, my brother Gianni. I've been doing my my (laughs) Penelope uh, Cruz Cruz as as Donatella around my house. She's great. Stop. She's so good. And also interesting is that so yeah, Donatella didn't like the movie, but then Penelope Cruz is like friendly with Donatella and was like, is it okay if I play you? And she was like, oh, sure. And then and maintained like, no, no, no on this movie. And then I guess like when Penelope Cruz was at the Golden Globes that year, Donatella sent her a bouquet that said good luck. Because of course, who doesn't yeah. Cruz playing who you? Doesn't want well, to be played by flattering. Penelope yeah. Cruz. Yeah. yeah, it is. They do. They do portray her flattering. I think that was a yeah. very like orchestrated mm. decision there. I also could not at the time believe that it was not going to be Lady Gaga because she had just done American right. Horror Story yeah. and won an Emmy for it on her way to the EGOT mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. moment now. Um, now. And it was just so so obvious that she should play Donatella Versace, and then she didn't do it. Because I think Donatella would have been like, no. Well, they're, they're buddies, though. Like I feel like it was around Art Pop or something. She has they, a song like, called Donatella. Because she has a song called, yeah, called Donatella. I, I think like she Ryan did a bunch Murphy. of photo ops with her. 
Well, I do think that her performance as Donatello would have been like a little more campy than than. Yeah, you know, and she, that's what I mean. Is I think, yeah. yeah, the quiet dignity of she Penelope She got to go win Cruz. an Oscar instead. Mm-hmm. It's fine. That's true. I also love the Maya Rudolph Donatella. Oh my oh, god! No, that's all yeah. I, was, I. All I was thinking. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> and I feel like Donatella must love that too because it immortalized her further. Well, I don't yeah. know. Well, again, without spoiling anything about the show, but again, talking about like the themes of the show being kind of like class and striving and all this stuff. And they talk about the Versace siblings also. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just like, I love the Versace siblings because they're siblings who work together. <laughs> <laughs> Did Santo even talk? Yeah. yeah. For a while, I was like, oh, that must be Donatella's like significant other. And uh, like, let no. us now praise Ricky Martin. Oh, oh please. yeah. He's so Absolutely. amazing. I love how like there's genuinely a, a, a sweet love story between them in the middle of all this. It doesn't feel like it's just shoehorned in to like be manipulative. No, like, for sure. There's like a complex like years spanning relationship between them that I feel like is really smartly played. Right. And, and the, so good. The reason it works is because it has so much sympathy and empathy for all the victims. You know, mm-hmm. like you don't mm-hmm. come out of it like Team Andrew Cunanan. You come out of it no. like this is such a fucked up, complicated situation. Yes. And the police fucked it up so bad. Yeah. Much like the OJ show. You know, you're like. The Lee Miglin episode, I have to say, was particularly difficult for me to watch. It was a tough watch. Yeah, it was a really tough watch, especially considering how the family felt about his death and like the circumstances of his death. It's so intense. And yet at the same time, there's this layer of like, wow older actress Judith Light is getting this role of a lifetime yeah, where exactly. she gets to like emote and do all this stuff. Well, she's also, she was so good in Transparent and it's, I mean, she's just, it's interesting to see how often, how like her career has kind of taken off in like this different direction well, now she's where she's character this actress super now. strong but super like tiny, frail well, lady. Well, she was like, like on Who's beautiful. the Boss? No, but she, I mean, it's, I would say she that... She was a tough lady but then, you know, Tony Danza had to do all the domestic labor. What but a she's great so bri- world. She gets to be so brittle now. I know. I mean, who's the boss? Mm. Um, one other thing that I really appreciate the show that kind of run, runs counter to how upsetting and like troubling a lot of it is and somewhat nightmare inducing is like, Oh, those interiors. Oh, my God. 90s interiors. All those carpeted uh, rooms. 90s Miami. Buttery leather. Yeah, it's very, (laughs) I was saying it's very. Brett Easton Ellisy. Oh, totally. Yeah. Well, the room that or the lobby, I, I I just said this out loud, like while I was watching it, but the lobby of the like shitty motel that he stays in on the oh, beach. Yeah. I just the like Normandy said suddenly I, I was just because it's just like this perfectly pink room with like tons of light flooding in. And I was just like, I want to be in that room right now. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> That's also why I wanted you guys to watch it because I was like, this is such night call bait because it's like it's such a late 80s show. Miami. Yeah, it's the most glass brick show. Yeah, I, I really like this show. It's very depressing. Also, great music. Is what I was going to oh, say. Oh, Gloria used to the best effect I've ever seen. It was it Lisa Brannigan or whatever. <laughs> um, I know this because my dad for a long time would be like that song Gloria, and we would think he meant the Van Morrison Gloria, and then he would try and sing it Gloria, right? Gloria, but it's like he wouldn't really remember the tune, so he'd just be like Gloria, Gloria. I was like, right, the Van Morrison. No, no, no. Gloria, Gloria. 
But that's one of my favorite <laughs> scenes from, you know, singing in the car to Gloria. What a carefree, yeah. murder spree moment. Um, we... what, what song would you guys set your murder scene to in a show? Such a good question. I have my answer. Okay, ready. go ahead. <laughs> okay, go. Oh, Sherry. Ooh. I've just really been enjoying Oh, Sherry recently. Because you've been listening to Kaser. Yeah, and it has that little intro, that weird keyboard intro where it goes like, doon, 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 like a mm-hmm. carnival ride is breaking. Yeah, That's nice. Mine. I don't know, Crimson and Clover. Can't go wrong. <laughs> Can't go wrong. <laughs> you got to pick something that's like ironically upbeat. I oh, know. the funniest thing in the movie, The Snowman, that I will talk about all day, every day. Have you guys seen The Snowman? I talked about it on Molly's Lazy Mr. Mr. Police Officer. Yeah, Mr. Police Officer. Okay. I gave you all the clues. I haven't seen it. Uh, they had, I think, a whole Johnny Greenwood score that they scrapped and instead just put in some music at the end. Uh-huh. <laughs> and one of the things they did is set all the murder, one of the murders to the popcorn dance. No. <laughs> <laughs> So somebody is getting murdered with an axe, and it's like the whole movie for the popcorn song. I have to recommend everything about everybody should watch the Snowman. It is the funniest, unintentionally funniest movie. I'll well, we should watch the Snowman maybe next week. So we have a night email on the subject of uh, two things we like a lot all the time anyway. Uh, This comes to us from Jordan. Jordan writes, Hello, Night Call. My college was built in 1808, but there has been a Catholic church here since the the 1600s. Anyway, we have this massive graveyard that's that's just chilling in the woods that's not on any campus maps, and they just don't tell anyone about it. But there are also a lot of Confederate soldiers and Union soldiers buried in it since we were close to the, uh, the Gettysburg battlefield. Freshman year, me and my friends used to drink cheap liquor late at night in the graveyard, which really wasn't fun since it was bloody terrifying drinking in the pitch black forest. Not to mention there were all these wild cats that would just pop out randomly and hiss, causing much screaming and running in terror, just normal college stuff. The cats every once in a while venture around the normal part of campus, jumping out at unsuspecting victims from the bushes late at night. Most likely the seminarians and the priests leave food and water out for them. Due to this, I am graduating with a very real fear of cats and a useless degree. LOL. Au revoir, Jordan. Uh, ghost cats, guys. So Molly recently saw a magical cat. Oh, I did see a magical cat. That's right. That's mm-hmm. how we were going to talk about. The timing the was day weird. We got this email. No, the day it snowed, it snowed. in oh, snow. L.A. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, we're counting it as snow. It was technically, I'm going to call it sleet. Sleet. Yeah. And it only happened. It was, a, it was a wet snow. It was a wet snow, but it was frozen. Yeah. We're counting it. But yeah, I went into this store. There is a kimono store in Pasadena called Kimono no Kobea. That is cool. And I was in there and the woman was who owns it was talking about how her cat was feeling sick. So she had brought him in to come hang out and how it was a lucky calico cat that looks like the lucky cat, the like cat mm-hmm. that waves its hand. Mm-hmm. She's like, it's because it's three different colors. It's the calico. Um and so I said hi to the cat. It was so cute. It was really cute and awesome. And I'm pro shop cats in general. Yeah. And then I walked outside and got in my car and it started like pouring rain that then became snow. Uh, 
for about two minutes. And, and you think stopped. the cat did this? Yeah, for sure the cat did it. I'm pretty sure that sounds right. It was a yeah. lucky cat. I also bought many tapestries because I was like, <laughs> what? Uh, I have to I have to help feed this cat. Yeah. Um, you bought many tapestries? I just bought a tapestry. For your coat of many colors. <laughs> I bought a tapestry of cats in hot tubs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, my God. It's great. Um, Emily, do you believe in pets having magical abilities or being kind of portentous? My experience with like ghost cats sort of is more on the realm of orbs and photos. Like I've known some cats that just like don't turn up in photos very well. Like they turn up, but it's like, like they never expose correctly or something. Um, like there was this cat in a house that I was house sitting at once and I like, it was back, I was like still using a film camera and I was like trying to take a picture of it and it just like never, the picture would come out fine, but it would just be like an outline of the cat where the Ooh. cat was. Uh, but that's, that's all I have really for ghost cats. I'm, a, I'm, I'm a, uh, allergic to cats. Um, this doesn't really affect my opinion one way or the other. On what about them. ghost um, dogs? Or the movie ghost mm, dog. Or the movie ghost dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, no, I don't know that I've ever encountered anything that I would I would think of as being a ghost dog. Or cats seem much more likely to be able to come. What back. about a ghost coyote? Um, I mean, I, like a, a coyote is plenty. Yeah, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> regular coyote is fine. The That's hounds fine. of hell. I asked on the Night Call Facebook page if people had experiences with their pets, like seeing ghosts or, you know, being otherworldly in some way. And many people said that yes, which is unsurprising because obviously I know this to be true. I have like way too many animals. So I feel like I know that they are in touch with spirits, et cetera. Um, But someone had a picture of their cat just staring at a place on the floor which has, if you Google, like, do cats see ghosts? People are like, yeah, because when they stare at that spot on the floor, what do you think they're looking at? It's a ghost. Um, someone else said that their like their parents' cats, I think, had passed away, but they still smell the litter boxes in, like, waves, you know? It's like the cat's ghost visiting. Um, but I, I, I super believe in ghost cats. <laughs> I was like, that's the rudest ghost. The ghost smell. It's just like spritzes its, it's ghost like, pee. Yeah, you Hello. don't even get to like keep the, like a, a nice memory of the cat. No. Just it's like very territorial it ghost. Yeah. yeah. Um, we used to have a cat who came by our house, like he was someone's outdoor cat and his name was, um, Mr. Kitty. And he was, like, a very, very smart, wonderful cat. And he always, like, you know, he seemed to, like, come by whenever we were outside. But when we'd, like, look out the window trying to spot him, we could never find him. Uh, and he passed away. But then we kept seeing a cat who looked exactly like him with a the exact same collar in our yard. Very weird. Reincarnated Mr. Mm. Kitty. Oh, you know, my parents' first – my first cat was uh, my parents' – took it in because it looked exactly like our old cat who had mm-hmm. passed away. We had a cat whose name was Bluey and then this mm-hmm. cat just started like appearing all the time uh, that looked just like it. it was a black and white cat and we took it in and named it Shmooey. I, re- <laughs> I really liked Shmooey the cat. She was great and she was a reincarnated version of the previous yeah. cat. That's the thing. But that, that thing it was yeah. like she just appeared and like was hanging suddenly came, appeared after that cat was no longer around. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt a little bit fate faded i guess Mm -hmm. the reincarnation thing always seems like 
the right tack to take when interpreting the meaning of it. I I don't know. I, would sometimes you, I'm like, wouldn't that be nice? Would you clone your dogs you? like Barbara Streisand did? We've already had an entire oh podcast gosh. where I've just said, like, if I had the money, I would just go out and clone my dog tomorrow. <laughs> like, I would just do it. I wouldn't even think about it. Correct. I've yeah. already signed the papers. <laughs> yeah, it's been done. But I would not clone my cats, even though I like them a lot. I, in fact, one of them I've had for like almost 17 years. It's the oh longest gosh. relationship I've ever had. Uh, and I love him. But I don't I don't think he would want to be reincarnated, whereas I think my dog would. It feels like cats will just like find their way back through the spirit world anyway, whereas like dogs might need a little bit of help. Dogs, I think, are more often young souls and cats are old. I'm a dog person, just putting it out there that I, I am both. too. I, both. Yeah, but I prefer dogs. I could just you can you can go out and about with your dog, but with your cat, it's like my neither of my cats would like go on a leash. I'd feel like I was I, res- ma- I was putting on a big show. I if respect I put a leash that on them. about them. When it's I see a very a cat different on a kind leash, of relationship, it's like a would friend you? that you only see one on one instead of like one that you go out to parties. Look, with. all I'm yeah. saying is, would you want to be on a leash? Look, this is you're tying it back to American Crime Story when Donatella's dress, where it was like, is she on a Don't leash? Is she walking shame, herself? Molly. Yeah, exactly. I'm not kink shaming. <laughs> I said. <laughs> if you have thoughts, I about... said against your will. I Wait. specified against your will. <laughs> okay. You don't know. It's a dog asked to be put on a leash. FYI, yeah. your you dog is like you think take it's me consensual. On a walk. It is. Yeah. Dogs are subs. They look up yeah. at you while they're you know, they're putting the leash on. Some of them get their, their leash and bring it to you. Yeah. So don't kink shame is what I'm saying. Um, (laughs) If you have a story about a spooky pet that you would like to share, please give us a call at 24046-NIGHT or an email at nightcallpodcast at gmail.com. You can also just call or write about whatever. Uh, Speaking of creatures that may no longer exist but still are with us in a spiritual way. (laughs) Good one. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to bring to Creature Corner a new segment that is based on many other segments we've done about <laughs> new animals. Uh, the the Night Call's new patron animal saint, I believe, the tiny dino era night mouse has been found above the Arctic Circle. Finally found it. There's a drawing that shows a bunch of dinosaurs, and then somewhere in this pile of dinosaurs is a tiny little mouse. It's like Where's Waldo? It's so hard to see. Yeah. Can you even find it on there? I just no. This is the thing on the Life Science article. Okay, so there's like an artist rendition of like the age of dinosaurs and dinosaurs running about and stuff. And at the bottom of the article, there's an editor's note that says this article was updated to indicate the fact that the night mouse, which was supposed to be scampering at its master dinosaur's feet in the illustration, is in fact not there. What? <laughs> I was gonna say, for I looked real? for it for so long. I looked for so long. They were just long. like, here's some compatriots. Yeah. It's a mouse of the imagination. Uh, again, a perfect mascot for us. <laughs> the mouse was supposed to like just like kind of be like it was almost like a page a parasite of dinosaurs. Like it would just like hang out around on their feet or something. I, a I tiny was... marsupial that lived in the twilight of the dinosaurs as well as in literal twilight for much of the year. Mm-hmm. Cute. They're saying it's not a mouse, it's mouse-sized. Okay. But, what... but it's a marsupial. And you just have to imagine what it looked like. <laughs> it lived 69 million years ago on the northernmost landmass of its day. Its high latitude would have put it in total darkness for four months out of every year, which is why it's the night mouse. So it's kind of like a an early mole yeah. or vole. But this is a marsupial. It's a marsupial? 
Okay. So, so it's like a little teeny tiny kangaroo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Now we're talking. So um, it was a. It was found amidst duck billed dinosaurs in the, in Alaska. Oh, I that found the like, artist conception. I'm going to show Tess. Okay. <laughs> it's at a foot. <laughs> oh no! It's nothing like what I wanted it to be. <laughs> uh. I don't like that at all. Oh, wow. This is the first, like, bad review of a What don't you like Sorry. about it? Well, first of all, the way it's drawn, it looks like its head's on, like, upside down. And it has, like, its mouth is just goes way too far, like, up to its ear. I think it's a bit—I mean, look, it would be better if what I think is a fern, it would be better if that were an antler. I don't see anything distinctive oh, okay. about this. I'm Eugenics. Sorry. Eugenics. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a little antler. I'm against it. That. Then it would be a jackalope, and I'd be like 100% Y'all into it. Y'all are playing God. Sorry. I'm not really into that, Night Mouse. Um, I like how it looks like a tiny, weird antelope with teeth. <laughs> I'm going to well, go anyway. ahead and say that instead of that, I want the bumblebee bat. Which oh. is the world's smallest mammal. I'm going to nominate that. Somebody sent us something on the Instagram about a giant hornet also. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. Whoa, no, no, no. No, no, no. The, the bumblebee bat, which should be called the bumble bat but isn't, is like super adorable. It can fit. It's like the size of one section of your index finger. And it's super duper cute. Aww. And it's like Does the that size include of a wingspan beat. or just its body? No, I'm watch. I'm looking at a picture of it hanging out on someone's finger. It's okay. it, It's only two point seven centimeters. It oh has like gosh. the world's little, t- little teeny tiniest little feet. <laughs> it's so cute, and I love bats, and they also are nocturnal. So I'm gonna go ahead and say like I'm not into that night mouse. I'm, oh, I'm are we gonna, gonna put up a take poll new- on the Twitter, and we're gonna have the yes. bumblebee bat uh, square off against the night mouse? Oh, and we're this gonna isn't fair. The, the bumblebee call. bat's really cute. The bumblebee bat should win. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, find a picture of the night mouse, Molly. Well, the night mouse is is extinct. It's not its fault. <laughs> Tess is out here. Why are you even defending the night mouse? Because like, I'm just... not into like luxism against uh, <laughs> ancient polar fauna. Um. By the way, the bees are back in town. There's a uh, a bunch of bees seemingly making a hive right outside my house because I set it up on the the word got out. They listen to night call. And they're like, the bees, there's this lady who's a fan of bees. We got to go all live at her house. How are you feeling about that? I feel great about it, Molly. Are you gonna I'm be- loving it. Are you going to start uh, farming them? I've been thinking about it. I might. I don't think my neighbors would love it, but whatever. Oh, they should. I mean, wouldn't that be good for them, for their no. uh, plants and whatnot? Some people have an irrational fear of bees. What if I've heard. Logic? Well, that's the thing. If it's they're not allergic, if they've seen my girl. The if they've seen my girl. You know what I mean? I've never that. seen my girl. What? You've never seen my girl. No, but girl. I know about what happens. Mm. Um, we have one other call. And it's a call, if I'm not mistaken, uh, about Flash animation. Yes. Okay, I just want to say that Strong Bad and Homestar Runner are probably registered trademarks of uh, Mike and Matt Chapman, um, but I'm not making any money off of this, and neither are you, so. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> You're like, oh, making a night call. Got the lady so excited that I might call. Dear night call, this is uh, definitely really Strong Bad and not 
uh, a guy named Andrew from the Facebook group doing a freaking voice. Um, anyway, I was just calling because I wanted to know what your favorite uh, mid-2000s uh, Flash cartoons are. Um, please answer correctly. Okay, uh, I gotta go. The cheat just came home and he, uh, he's got the, the soundtrack to the big chill on vinyl. Ooh, that sounds so warm on Okay, bye. Oh my god. That was awesome. Oh my god. Thank you. You know what? We had not listened to that first. We get a transcript of the call, so we're usually actually hearing the audio for the first time, uh, which was definitely the case there. Um, thank you very much. Uh, Andrew slash strong bad <laughs> for the call. Um, this is because of like I feel like it was a couple weeks ago. We were just like had an an, an outro that never ended, and then just started like quoting Teen Girl Squad. <laughs> um, we were talking then. I think after we finished that recording, just about like the weird era that definitely feels like it was a couple iterations of internet ago where watching flash animations was like a, a featured activity uh on the internet a way to kill time at your job perhaps uh or something you would send to somebody on myspace <laughs> um yeah i i was i was definitely a homestar runner watcher for a while and uh, not ashamed to admit it oh yeah um, we all, I think we all were. Yeah, this is a safe safety team girl squad. Yeah, yeah. Like, for sure. Yeah, I feel like we call it like the old weird internet. Mm-hmm. It's like before, before whatever this hell world is. <laughs> Did you guys read that <laughs> article today about the people who have to? Yeah, through Facebook videos. Yeah, Emily, you posted it, right? It was a Verge article. What was this? Well, yeah, yeah, Casey Newton did it at the Verge, and it was it's about. I mean, there's something that Adrian Chen um, reported a a few years ago. I feel like on the New Yorker, but this was kind of a little more in depth about the working conditions at one that that was that's in the United States. Because I think the article that Adrian Chen did was, I think, in China, one of these um, content hellhole farms uh, in uh, in other countries. But there's one in the United States, so there's an article about this. It's in Arizona, um, and they like, didn't Arizona. want anyone to know that it was connected to Facebook, but it's Ooh. like some company called something and then Cognizant. sit in cubicles all day and look at like beheading videos. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember the, the Adrian Chen article about that. Oh, yeah. yikes. That's um, horrible. This is anyway, not this that. is this not is that. that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I wanted to say that my personal favorite, yeah, just when the internet seemed like a fun, weird thing to explore mm-hmm. and not like a horrible thing that you're just trapped in forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I loved uh, You're the Man Now, Dog. Oh, I oh loved my God. it. Yes. That yeah. was my yeah. time waster. That to me is just the perfect art form. It is. Um, yeah. On the Facebook group, people were talking about both Salad Fingers and Fight Kikoman. Um, I don't know <gasps> much about Salad Fingers, but my boyfriend always mentions Salad it. Fingers gave me, I couldn't, I did not enjoy the feeling it gave. Yeah, he described it. I think then some of that stuff turned into like off-putting anti-comedy and that was yeah. what it lost me maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, was the Kiko, was Fight Kikoman like the, the superhero, the Kikoman Superman guy? Yes, it is. Oh show my me, God. show I you, Kikoman. 
I will never forget that song. It's yep. so amazing. It, that uh, was great. There was a, uh, there were several like ad like brand uh, flash animations for various Japanese companies. That was that was one, and then uh, like this company that has like um, like uh, Rilakkuma and like Son X. They had one that was Beerchan that had like a full um, full length like flash <laughs> animation about it. That was I swear to I, I hope it's still online somewhere. It was the funniest cutest thing in the world i feel like i watched it once a week in college like it was so good <laughs> um, i feel like there was one called like strindberg and helium that was like about like august strindberg and like a little pink balloon that followed him around that Ooh. my my friends were into i was less into that one but i remember that being like passed around a lot yeah um, did you guys ever do like horror flash animation i i could never do for some reason it was too scary for me yeah yeah i find that too it. scary like well. what's an example like all those like scary maybe they're just youtube videos but do you know what i'm talking about like, i feel like there were an image and then something scary happens when you're not oh. expecting it like, yeah something jumps out and screams at you those. it's like look at but this but those were youtube those were mostly YouTube, but even like I feel like there was something, and I might be making this up, but watching Salad Fingers, I was like, I think that there was another thing around this same time that was just creepy. Like Salad Fingers is just visually kind of like unsettling, and it just doesn't make any sense, which gives you, you know, I don't know like, Salad Fingers. I never saw the Salad Fingers. Salad Fingers is it was created by David Firth. Um, and he, there's like always kind of like Brian Eno-ish music or like Aphex Twin. I think he used one in the background. And it's like, like Homestar Runner, I think it started from like an in-joke that he had with his friends where it was like, you know, just a silly like salad fingers. And then mm-hmm. he created this kind of like gone slender man yeah like, like a, sl- a like a green slender man looking person who likes rusty he i like to feel rusty <laughs> spoons they feel orgasmic and it's just it's not funny yeah. it's just uncomfortable <laughs> it's sort of funny it's but it's it, it's sort of funny it's like in that mighty boosh like yeah. bad yeah. acid trip kind of yeah like, like mm, unsettling uh, just unsettling yeah but i think mm. there was another but i can't remember what it was and definitely let us know if you also share this memory or if i'm making it up of there being a more creepy, more surreal flash from around that same time hmm. that would have freaked you out. Yeah. Also, I, I don't say, think I saw many of the creepy ones, but yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say also wanted to say my dad confirmed stairs on planes. <laughs> yeah, see? So many confirmations of the stairs on planes. <laughs> he said they're just in first class. There was oh, like a lounge so rude. that people yeah. in first class only could go to, of but course. it was upstairs. Mm. I was like, where? Yeah. In the plane. <laughs> um, like uh, on top of the plane? I'm just picturing these like giant thick planes I'm like floating like around. I'm picturing like in the Flintstones, like when people like ride on a plane and they're on top of it. In the <laughs> yeah. That seems like I didn't make that up just now. Uh, I was just going to say the one other thing that I feel like is, for me at least, the progenitor of like the era of watching funny cartoons on the internet was the Fensler Films G.I. Joe shorts. Oh, which yeah. Which I feel like I, mm-hmm. I feel like I poured many hours into, and probably all of them are just permanently embedded in my brain, like the entire text of them. Uh, those were, the, the yeah. And the, like, it's all these things, too, still, where I was saying, like, 
I still have like bits of, of, of like a quote that's not even like a full quote. It's just a sound or a word said in a certain way that like will st- like sometimes just be drawn out of me out of context. Tess and uh, I were both really into Syphil and Ollie. Which oh, I oh yeah. Syphil. We've yeah. talked about that yeah. before on the pod too. But every mm-hmm. time we talk about well, old school internet, I'm like, but there's also too, that old you're school like, MTV. Right. Like things that existed right before YouTube that were yeah. like, this was made for YouTube. Mm-hmm. There was like a um, brief, like a brief era of things that were like both on MTV and on or like felt like they were from that world like wonder shows and stuff like that but yeah yeah cashing in on that digital video craze Mm -hmm. (laughs) um guys before we wrap up I thought of my murder song Ooh! so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with bulbs by Van Morrison just because there's a part in that song where he goes like ha 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 like a like, weird sinister <laughs> laugh but it's a very upbeat song and so I've been stewing on it the whole time and now and now I'm officially gonna peg that for my murder song that's a great answer okay thanks guys good job yeah thank you I, I, I'm changing my answer to be the theme song for succession which I think I mentioned last week and oh, which yeah. is still stuck in my head a week later so that's gonna be how I die we'll watch that succession. in my head we can do a succession you don't pod. you yeah. don't have to it's no I cool. want to it's now, uh, it's now great, but you'll have the song stuck in your head forever. Just be warned. Um, well, thanks everybody for listening to this week's Night Call. As always, you can find us on Facebook at Night Call Podcast, on Instagram at Night Call Podcast, and on Twitter at Night Call Pod. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes if you have not already, and leave us a review and a rating while you're at it. And if if you want to leave us a night call, you can do so at one two four zero four six night, or leave us an email at nightcallpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. As always, we'll be back next week. Ghost cats. Ghost cat. Show me. Show you. Keep coming. Keep coming. Show me. Show you. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. 
I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.